Link 57, Last Chance. Recorded in mono. Inspiration. Hey, welcome everyone. This is Re7. We're still on road trip. This is segment two. We've made it all the way up to the Last Chance Saloon. Now, I know I was talking about like going to like Rosedale and uh, there was some confusion on it. So when I spoke with uh, the group of friends we're going out with, I was able to clarify that what we were looking for was actually the Last Chance Saloon. Now, for me, I thought the whole adventure... Uh, was finding ghost towns across southern Alberta and I, I was at a loss at why we would be heading to the Last Chance Saloon. Uh, later on I'll reveal why we ended up there but just to backtrack a bit we just came from Retlaw and the entire drive from Retlaw all the way up here to Drumheller area I have been thinking non-stop about that carpet, carpet all over that uh, community hall. To me, it was just so, <laughs> it, it seems so silly, but I, I love the acoustics of it. It really sound dampened. But that made me th start thinking, like, when did carpet ever come into existence? And, and is it for what we used it for? So uh, just as we were about to leave Retlaw there, I decided to kind of do a quick history on carpet and so the first traces of carpet actually came around about 3,000 years ago and it wasn't used to like carpet houses like we do um, it was actually used to kind of roll up and carry with you and throw it down when you would go and sit somewhere back then they obviously didn't have chairs to keep you off like we do uh, instead, we uh, had to find comfort somehow, some other way. And so that's when we ended up uh, inventing carpet so we could sit on and be comfortable. What Now, what an evolution that has been. Now we, we're decorating town halls in the 60s and you're able to have comfort in your home. Uh, amazing soundproofing. I know that I think um, when I eventually start reconstructing a new podcast station I am really tempted to actually like put some sound dampening on my walls and actually I I joked about maybe I need to run some old psychedelic 60s carpet up and down everywhere but anyway what an adventure this has been so we just came down and we had to plunk in the coordinates on google maps of where to get to this last chance saloon now it kind of veers you off. You think you're headed to Drumheller. Then all of a sudden, uh, Google Maps indicates that you got to turn onto this gravel road. Okay, so we start traveling along this gravel road, and it's interesting because you don't think you're going anywhere. Actually, you feel like you're about to enter into someone's uh, farmyard or into a place that you're not supposed to be. It, it reminded me of traveling in the oil field when we would travel on the lease roads out to the location sites 
And anyway, while we were traveling, it started to take us down this ravine. And of course, uh, my wife at the time was in the car with me driving and we jokingly said, so is the last chance saloon, not actually a saloon, but like the last chance you're going to get for freedom or are we going to all be murdered down here? Now, the rest of my crew uh, that we were traveling with, they Google Maps scattered us. They sent all of us in very different directions. So we all ended up in uh, different ways of getting there. But I think that ours was the coolest. It felt that you were really going to the Last Chance Saloon. It had removed all of civilization, modern civilization. You're down this gravel road and you start traveling down into the ravine of the hoodoos in Drumheller there. Now, if you haven't been into the Badland country with the hoodoos, what a sight to behold. It is like, it's like rock sculptures, but they're of the clay and sand of the hills that have been eroded through time. Now, some of it they say was wind erosion. Others say that it was uh, the Great Flood. There's so many theories about why the Hulus have become what they are, but happens to be one of the richest deposits of prehistorical uh, archaeological digs in Alberta. And I love going to Drumheller. I love going to this country. It's I just feel like you're on a completely different planet. And there's been lots of uh, movies filmed in this area just because of how unique and how desolate the landscape feels. You're not growing anything. This is the Badlands. So we get down into this ravine and their big thing a hundred plus years ago was mining and they lots of coal mining around this area. So it doesn't surprise me why we would have a saloon there. Now, when I asked so Benita is traveling in another vehicle and that's one of my wife's friends that we're on this trip with. She was the one that recommended that we should be doing lunch here in in the Last Chance Saloon. So I I had to ask her, what is the draw to the Last Chance Saloon? Like why? Like is it haunted? What and she said, Well, there's bullet holes. There's actual bullet holes that have been left in this saloon. Okay. Bullet holes. I don't know. I don't know what the appeal is. Um, I shoot firearms. I love going target practicing. Now, bullet holes are just holes. Like they really don't do anything for me. But I thought they probably have a significant uh, history on why they're there, and we'll get into that story in a bit. But the draw is we're going to this saloon for bullet holes. So we pull up here. Um, I've already been in, so this recording's happening after now, just because when we went in, I was originally recording and it was so completely loud that it was distorting the audio so badly. So I thought, oh, I'll just experience it and then come out to the car before we take off and give you, give you my experience of the situation or the experience. Now we, we pull up and I am a sucker for Shelby Cobras. I do not fit in them. I, but I love the look of them, the contours, everything. And there was a group there when, as we entered the parking lot. Now this place is packed. Like there is not a spot to be had. You're walking for a while, uh, to get here. But as we come into the parking lot, we notice all these Shelby Cobras there. And so there was a group of 
Albertans that all have Shelby Cobras and they meet at the Last Chance Saloon just to have lunch and pull out their toy. It was cool. I got a really good vibe as soon as I got there, seeing my favorite car in the parking lot. I was like really excited. Of course, I'm so distracted by these uh, cars that all the friends I'm with, they were pointing out that there were a bunch of people scaling the hoodoos. And they weren't scaling the hoodoos. We noticed them as they were coming into the into this ravine because we came from the exact opposite angle that the rest of the friends came. We were coming down into the hoodoos where they were traveling. Uh, they had already traveled down and then they were kind of having to travel up a bit into these hoodoos. Well, what they're doing is not scaling the hoodoos. They actually set up Frisbee golf everywhere over here. Frisbee golf is one of those really... It's been around for a bit. Like, I know I played it at least uh, probably 10 years ago is when I first played my first game of Frisbee golf. It is a fun game that has definitely evolved from when I used to play. Uh, we would just take homemade fr or just the standard Frisbees and just we would kind of assign a tree or something and you'd have to go across a park and you'd have to hit that, that tree. Now they've got these golf courses or these Frisbee golf courses all over the place and what a challenge it would be up in the hoodoos you'd better watch out for your rattlesnakes and and other wild animals out there while you're going through but everyone seemed to be having a good time this place is crawling with tourists and i had no idea this saloon even existed so we decided after kind of taking in the outside that it was time to venture in and enjoy some grub once we got in, they've kind of decorated the front doors if it's the old swinging dual uh, saloon doors, which I would have loved them to have, but they didn't. It just It's just a modern door because they have to keep with modern standards and, and health inspectors. We get in there and what an eclectic collection. I, my eyes could not stay still long enough as we walked in, we're trying to find a table and uh, my vision was darting everywhere. They had things on the wall, things in the corner, things on the ceiling. Every part of that saloon was covered. Now it was loud, very, very loud. Lots of people having a good time, uh, just food being served. It was, it was very exciting. So we sit down at the large table and of course we're told by our server that because our party is more than uh eight people a mandatory 20 percent gratuities on there i don't at all have a problem giving a gratuity i feel that if you do your job exceptionally i will give you an exceptional gratuity but just off of sheer numbers if there was eight people wanting coffees you're going to charge us a 20% gratuity because you had to pour eight cups of coffee. Whole different podcast episode. Uh, probably is going to divert too much of the story today, but I kind of had my spidey sense up uh, as we went in. I was starting to wonder, okay, what's going on? We sit there. Um, and at this point, because Benita's told us about these bullet holes, we are looking everywhere. Now, bullet holes are not very large. You're we're talking about a quarter of an inch 
just a few centimeter or just a few millimeters uh, in diameter. They are not big at all. So we are scanning the walls, scanning the ceiling. We're just really into intuitively looking around we had quite the laugh above our table was a cougar hide a taxidermy cougar hide ta uh, staple to the ceiling and uh, they had removed the head portion of the cat and had placed a photo of some woman now the server didn't know who the woman was and I had to laugh the server he super nice guy uh definitely would have deserved just 20 percent, regardless uh he's there but he was from ontario toronto specifically and he was dressed like he was from the badlands like jean jacket vest like the stereotypical redneck like biker type of look playing the part or attempting to play the part until he spoke and he was very urban like he he was definitely a misfit in this in this scene but it was only until he talked super nice guy so we asked him what the story was about the the lady in above us he didn't know he didn't know most of the things so we just continued looking around and just searching for these bullet holes he took our order <coughs> pardon me he had taken our order we sat there for a while the serve like the service was okay the delivery of the food was slow um i suffer with an egg allergy so it's very challenging for me to find anything uh to eat well eventually i settled on the nachos when the nachos finally came i was so hungry just so looking forward to good nachos I was highly disappointed. The food, we all were. We were all very disappointed in the quality of the food that had been uh, created. Not much we can do. It's the It was the only place we could eat. We, we were all excited about the actual place until the food arrived. Once the food arrived, it, no one, for the price that we paid for it, nobody really appreciated what we got. It was definitely the last chance we gave or giving that saloon for food. For the experience to take people to, I'd do it again. It's it's kind of just a fun area, but I'd actually take him to go and play Frisbee golf across the road in the hoodoos. Um, anyway, Benita, who's pregnant, had to run to the washroom. And so while she ran to the washroom, uh, we asked the server, so we were told that there was bullet holes here. Where are they? Well, he pointed across the bar to this frame hanging on the wall above the piano. And there in the frame is three bullet holes. And again, bullet holes are small and not very impressive once you actually see them. They're just little holes. So I'm not surprised, but the rest of the group was like kind of disappointed. I don't know what they were expecting bullet holes to look like. Probably more the sensationalism of what the event was leading up to it would be where the excitement is. That, to me, I wanted to know. So I asked the server, what's the story behind those bullet holes? Well, the bullet holes, I was expecting a story from the minor days when, like, there was an unsettled debt or some gambling happening 
and they just had a shootout in the in the saloon there. I was sadly mistaken. The year was 1971, and there was a group of out-of-towners, three out-of-towners, that arrived at the at the saloon and were being rather obnoxious, that the locals were really getting frustrated, and they were there all evening, racking up quite the substantial um, bill on food and drinks, and they were getting uh, pretty disorderly and the bartender happened to overhear them talk about uh they would create a distraction so they could all leave without having to pay this tab well with that the bartender pulled out a gun from behind the bar and told them that their welcome has expired and that they will be paying up immediately and with that, fired off a shot to show how serious he was. They didn't quite believe him, so he blasted a couple more shots and reminded them that there were still enough bullets in his gun to find a home in them. With that, the, the travelers squared up their tab and took off. 1971. Okay. <laughs> we joke all the time that, oh, yeah, happened in the uh, 1900s. Sure. So that was the, the story behind the bullet holes. And then the server then pointed out on the opposite side of the saloon was a giant Coca-Cola sign, and it had two bullet holes in. But the Coca-Cola sign that's in there was not actually in the saloon. It would had been retrieved from an advertising, advertisement on the edge or side of a building. And in southern Alberta, when you're in rural southern Alberta, and I know this is the same for Saskatchewan as well, you're looking for targets. And when I used to do crop hail adjusting uh, for insurance work, and go out into these rural roads, it was very common to see the the road signs riddled with bullet holes. It's vertical, we're going to take a shot at it, is kind of how the local teenagers and adults that are looking for a good time kind of operate. So the Coke sign really wasn't a surprise that it had a couple bullet holes in it. Um when Benita came to the table, we all just said, okay, well, we found where the bullet holes were. And she was, where, where? Like, super excited. She wanted to know where these bullet holes were. And we're like, it's so obvious. I can't believe you haven't seen it yet. Well, she was looking around and we're like, well, it's on this side of the, the saloon. Just look over on this side. And it's like, it's really kind of framed. Like, it's really framed. And she's looking everywhere. Now, this place is so cluttery that I think that she thought bullet holes were going to be like almost like doors or windows. Like they were going to just have blown right through the the structure and like created these large caves or uh, voids. So we keep saying, yeah, yeah, it's it's so easy. It's framed. And then finally, when she realized after a few prompts that we were legitimately talking about the frame, she went over to it 
And you could just see her look and her demeanor change of how disappointed she was in the 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 bullet holes. And she came up to me and said, you're right. Like, because when I travel, I love going to like all sorts of rural places and, and historical places. So like when I was down at the Alamo and down in some of the uh, places in Tennessee, they would have bullet holes. And I used to be the same way. I used to think bullet holes were super exciting. Like, oh my gosh, like bullet holes, this is going to be amazing. Well, I quickly discovered that a bullet hole is a hole. And, but it's always the stories that I'm really drawn to. So uh, I had reminded her, remember for every bullet hole, there's going to be a good story. And we paused. And I said, but I'm not convinced this is a good story. So we shared with her what was the lead up to those bullet holes being put in the the wall there. And she agreed. She was so disappointed. She thought it was going to be something much more than what it was. So anyway, we had good laughs, good fellowship. I, I recommend give it your last chance here at the Last Chance Saloon. I know that was our last chance that we'll be giving it, but it was definitely a, a memory-filled lunch hour. Uh, we're now going to go north of Drumheller and we're going to continue this road trip day. And I'm just going to break it down into three different episodes. Uh, I just feel that each place has its own unique story and I just kind of want to keep them separate. Uh, you have independent thoughts that come up that I kind of want to keep, uh, with each place. Okay. So now we're going to get ourselves ready and we're going to head north. Rowley is or Rowley or Rowley. I'm not sure which way to pronounce it. I I've heard both ways. Now it's a ghost town that's just north uh, west of Drumheller. I've been there before. I'm looking forward to seeing what's uh, how it's changed if it's changed at all. Okay, let's get going. This podcast will continue shortly. Stand by.